Hey everybody, uh, you're watching, listening, enjoying, loving, uh, reminiscing on, um, I ran out of, I ran out of verbs, but this is so many sequels. Adoring. And I'm, and I'm Josh. Yeah, adoring. And I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. Nice. And I'm David. Uh, today, yes, today on the show, we're continuing our adventure into Muppet World, um, with the, the, the third movie in the Muppet series. Muppet, the Muppets Take Manhattan. We skipped over the oh Great boy. Muppet Caper. Uh, cause Did you guys watch that one anyway? No. My, maybe I will, but no. I did. That's good. Um, but today we're talking about Muppets, Muppets Take Manhattan. It mm-hmm. is a... Uh, I was trying to pull it up. Does anyone remember when it came out? 1984. 1984. Mm-hmm. Uh, came out then starring, of course, all of your favorite Muppets with a series of fun cameos, um, just like the last movie. You know, this one has uh, Elliot Gould is back yep. mm-hmm. as a cameo. Uh, we had uh, Brooke Shields, Joan Rivers, Liza Minnelli, um, and some others. And we don't need to list every single cameo, but, you know, it's got that. And the, the basic premise of this movie is the Muppets have graduated from college, mm-hmm. uh, and they've performed their, their original musical, uh, Manhattan Melodies, and... Uh, they decide to take it on the road all the way to Broadway <laughs> and, um, you know, just sell the show to a producer like you do. So, let's talk about, had anyone not seen this movie before? I haven't, I don't have, I have vague memories of it, but I've I really don't, I, I'm, I'm sure I have, but I really don't remember anything about it either. Okay, so it's pretty, pretty much fresh for all of us then, for the most part. Um... What did everybody think of it, starting with David? Um, I thought it was an interesting version of the Muppets because uh, we talked a lot last week about the meta humor and the movie within a movie, and we talked about the breaking the fourth wall. This had none of that. There was no fourth wall breaking. There was no winks and nod to the camera. This was presenting the Muppet characters as characters. Um, It was sort of... uh, uh, the most natural, I guess, of the films that we're going to see because they are presented very much, it's presented very straightforward. The humor and a lot of the, the, the Muppet gags are there, but it's not quite as over-the-top silly and over-the-top slapstick as most Muppet movies. So I, I think that's a really interesting decision that they made. I made the uh, choice to also sneak in watching The Great Muppet Caper. I can tell you guys this, I feel like it's a big step up from there while unfortunately still feeling like a bit of a step down from the Muppet movie. Um, the, the, the characters are just as, just what you, I think just as much fun as they always have been. The story itself is not very creative, um, but I do like all the music and uh, there are some, I don't know what you call them really, Muppet effects uh, in this movie that are like, whoa, how did, how did they do that? How do they get a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, Rats skating on butter. What is how does that work? Um, but uh, overall, I liked it, but I don't think it's the best Muppet movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I will talk next. Then um, I will echo your sentiment that it was not the best Muppet movie. Uh, I I didn't like it at all. Um, I thought it was quite bad. Um, it because it lost. So I, I let me try to let me try to pull out parts that I thought were good. I do think that there is a nice story there in 
you know, the Muppets, their whole thing is like trying to become famous via a movie or a show or whatever. They're always trying to like sell their latest idea. So I like that aspect of it. It's something that they hadn't done yet in the movies to sell a Broadway play. So that's fun. I like that idea. I don't think it was handled super well for a couple reasons. I thought there was a little too much side story action going on that wasn't, it ended up being uninteresting. Um, you know, Kermit and the rats working in the diner didn't do a lot for me. It had one funny moment that I will let Garrett talk about later because uh, he laughed the hardest at it. Uh, but other than that, it kind of left me like, you know, I really, this is a Muppet movie that's a little almost too heavily focused on following Kermit around. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with Kermit, but I, I want some more Muppet action. So there was that aspect. And then there was the other side story of Piggy stalking Kermit to a really, really disturbing degree. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about last time how none of us really liked Piggy. Oh, my gosh. I had called the cops on her from after this one. She's <laughs> awful. <laughs> She's yeah. so awful. Like the abuse, the emotional and physical abuse on Kermit. Ooh. Ooh. It it, yeah. it it goes beyond being funny into being like, okay, I'm like concerned for a puppet's well-being now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the music was weaker, I thought. There were really no standout tracks to me. I mean, the, there's that goodbye song they sing that's okay. And they play it again in the credits, so they knew it was their best one. <laughs> but everything else was, eh. I especially didn't like the, the entire piece dedicated to rats just singing do-do-do-do-do-do over and over again. <laughs> yeah. that, there's a lot of moments like that where I was like, oh, this movie is only an hour and 30 minutes, but it drags hard. So I didn't like it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say that. Next, uh, Andrew, let's go with you. you. You literally finished it as we started this recording. Well, the good thing about it was that it ended. <laughs> yeah, okay. Everything else about it was bad. I kid you not. I, I would rather have a lobotomy than watch this movie again. Wow. Well, you didn't watch That's it in harsh. order, though, did you? I didn't, no, no, I didn't. And you know what? I didn't need to. <laughs> like, he popped in while we were watching the end of it. Yeah. And then he and went I, home and finished it. I went home and, the start. I went home and finished it. And like, uh, I did a, I did a memento where it, I just watched it backwards and like, and like, I couldn't, I couldn't get involved in it. Like as much as I love the Muppets, I couldn't get involved in this one. And it was just like, like, what is going on here? And why should I even care? And yes, Miss Piggy was disturbing. Miss <laughs> Piggy has always been disturbing. And I don't like Miss Piggy at all. <laughs> no, I don't either. And I, I feel to some degree bad for Kermit. What do you mean to some degree? You should feel completely bad for Kermit. I feel, I mean, like he can't get out of that relationship with this piggy and this, <laughs> and I don't know how he could do it, but by this point, but like the thing is, is that like I found I found the songs boring, honestly. Yeah, I don't. I found them very boring. I didn't love them. 
I found, I found just like I couldn't get involved in it. I couldn't get involved in, in the humor, the gags. This movie's a piece of shit. I'm just gonna go ahead <laughs> and say it. That's not true, but okay. Oh, no, it's, <laughs> no, it's pretty on, bad. Let's move on to Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that you're going to want to. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I liked it. I thought it was better than the first one. Um, oh, no, I'm lying. kidding. David used the word interesting. I'll use the word bad also. Um, <clears throat> there was no heart at all in this movie. The closest thing they got to any kind of heart and connection was that goodbye song. I remember thinking, okay, maybe this is the part where it will pick up. Um, and it did until that song ended. And then it just went back to not having much of anything to deliver. Um, I didn't feel any kind of connection. Um, I think that because it was so straightforward, it took away from that because when you have a situation that is Muppets, you expect and almost want that over the topness. And I didn't get that. And they tried to present it in too much of a reality to where I felt it was incredibly disconnected. Um, and yeah, I, again, uh, I, I don't really feel like you got anything from the other Muppets at all. Uh, they were there and they wrote the letters, but once they all left because they felt like they were dragging down Kermit, you didn't get anything from them other than those maybe five min minutes uh, each for the letter, but there was nothing from them. And, and what really makes the Muppets is the ensemble. Um, I think for me, what I would have liked to have seen is, so we start the movie with them performing their Manhattan melodies at college. And then I'll let Josh say it. Josh, go ahead. Oh, I get to say, wait. Oh yes. My favorite line in the whole movie was, and I'm probably paraphrasing, but, but my favorite line was, Hey Kermit, maybe next we'll see you on Broadway. <laughs> and then after that, they were all like, that's a great idea. But throughout this whole this throughout this whole thing, Kermit was also saying he felt like there was something missing from the play. So mm -hmm. I, what I think would have been a better movie is them working together to try to figure out what that thing is, not them just upending Kermit, yeah, and leaving him by himself because that gets rid of that ensemble and they're no longer working together as Muppets. You get Kermit in a situation where he's depressed. Nobody wants a depressed Kermit. That's no. not fun. Um, nobody wants a stalker Miss Piggy. That's not fun. I mean, a good portion of this movie was just Miss Piggy screaming <laughs> loudly, like more than normal. Like for example, the, the cameo of Joan Rivers Piggy was working at a makeup counter with yeah, Joan was, Rivers, and an they just screamed for a good five minutes. Like that's <laughs> yeah, all they did. There's a story behind screaming. that. Is it was it that nobody knew their lines, so they just kept screaming? Because that's oh, what it was. You're in the neighborhood. <laughs> what oh is wow! It? What, yeah, what is it? So yeah. apparently, so Frank Oz, who plays Miss Piggy, and directed this movie, they brought Joan Rivers in for this this little brief cameo scene. It's a little. It goes beyond cameo almost to the point, but. Apparently, they just had no real chemistry together. Like, they just couldn't get it figured out. And they both wanted to. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like they disliked each other. They just couldn't get, like, the back and forth, right? Yeah. So, Frank Oz, he paused the production, 
ordered in a bunch of uh, uh, tequila and uh, other alcohols. They got sauced and then did the scene, and that's the scene that's in the movie. <laughs> okay, well, that's funny. That's yeah, funny. that is I funny. Enjoy that. It doesn't make the scene better, but it at least adds some character to it, and I like that. That's funny. Yeah, and, but, and it's ahead. yeah. That's not the that. There's a couple of different interesting behind the scenes stories to this, but but go ahead. I didn't mean to. No, I'm glad that you told that story. That's a good story, at least. Um, but then it, it happens again. Whenever she follows uh, Kermit and Jenny, and they she sees them hug and. First of all, you've got the construction worker stereotype, cat calling Miss Piggy, which is uncomfortable to start with for, for <laughs> yes, many, it is for a little many weird. different reasons. It does yeah. not hold up yeah. well. And then after that, you've got another two minute scene of Miss Piggy just screaming while she's slamming the pipe on the other pipe. So it's just noise. And it really, for me, just, does not have that Muppet-esque heart. You even get a chance to see some of the Muppet babies, and I just, it was bad. That was as close as we got to an ensemble part, um, having them back together, and it just, because the rest of the movie was so poor, did not hold up for me. I, I just could not find that same connection of lovable Muppets. You mean... Couldn't find a rainbow connection. Wah, wah, wah. I'll say, oh, Josh is gone. <laughs> he did that on purpose. I okay. Did that on purpose. I uh, was by that joke. <laughs> I'll say um, to to sort of address some of the things. It's unfortunate because for me, like I said, when I said the movie is interesting, it's kind of for me. It's interesting for all of the reasons that are outside of the actual movie. Because I felt like, again, the story is not overly compelling. It's in, I mean, it's, it, it's not, you know, bad. It's not, un, it's not even unrealistic. This exact same movie would work without the Muppets. You know, you could just tell a story about a bunch of college kids who go to Broadway and they go their separate ways and they write letters and they're all doing crazy things and they get back together for their big show. Like, it's a very, it's a very plausible plot. And that plausibility might be what makes it not as much fun when you compare it to what you expect from the Muppets. Um, the, a lot of the, uh, like what I talked about, the fact that they don't break the fourth wall, the fact that it's much more a natural story. That's interesting to me, but it doesn't really go to the point of like really exciting or compelling. I will say, and I'm going to get a lot of heat for this. There's a couple of songs in this I actually do like. Okay. I like, mm. I like Together Again. That's a really catchy one. Uh, that's so it opens the movie and that's what gets them back together. And uh, I like the, um, I like the, uh, uh, he'll make me happy. She'll make me. Uh, she'll make me happy. Song at the end. Those are both. Those are both fine. Uh, I think that you can't take no for an answer is good. I just kind of wish anybody other than Doctor Teeth saying it because I can't understand a word Doctor Teeth says. You mean Andrew's favorite character, Doctor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew's favorite character from last week. Here's <laughs> here's one of the other things I'll tell you guys. So uh, you guys skip the Great Muppet Caper, which was their second movie. Correct. Uh, you can thank me now. <laughs> because I watched The Great Muppet Caper. This is, and this might have affected my decision-making here, this is, a, this is a godsend compared to that movie. Oh, wow. That movie had three straight Miss Piggy musical numbers. Oh, nope. God. They had a Miss Piggy musical number, then they had about eight minutes of, not, uh, of, of moderate story play, more Miss Piggy, about 15 minutes of stuff, and then another Miss Piggy water, you know, like water musical number. It was an absurd amount of Piggy. And by comparison, this piggy is actually quite likable. 
Wow. Uh, this piggy is so toned down compared to Great Muppet Piggy or Great Muppet Caper Piggy and most of the other piggies we get. Whoa. Uh, I will say that Miss Piggy's most annoying feature or more, most annoying character trait is just how overbearing she is. And she's pretty overbearing here, just kind of constantly needing, needling Kermit to get married when clearly he's not necessarily super comfortable about the idea. But I like that here they actually made an effort to make Miss Piggy somewhat somewhat relatable. Like she has more realistic goals. She's not wanting to be like a mega mega massive movie star. She just wants to like do this play, marry Kermit, and have a happy life. Like that's the that's like all she really wants. As opposed to just being like, Kermit, why are we not famous? And like getting like all angry with him, like you see in every other Miss Piggy interpretation. So I like that. She is a little over, but again, the overbearing qualities are too much. I just, it's hard. I will go back to what I said last week about the Piggy Kermit relationship in that it is just incredibly toxic. I mean, this movie ends with her trying to convince an amnesiaed Kermit that he wants to get married and have children. Like, that's what you want, Kermit. You want to marry me. You want to have my children. Don't you remember? That's what you want. Remember this, Kermit. This is what you remember. This is what you want. And then it ends with her switching out Gonzo in the play where they get married with a real minister who actually, to my assumption, marries them. And Kermit is stuck in this display of, okay, I'm trying to sell this show. It's opening night. I can't go against the play. But if I go about this, that's a real minister and we're going to be married. And you can see it as he comes to that realization of, I either am forced to marry her (laughs) and make the show successful or yeah. I don't marry her because I don't want to, and I mess up the show. Well, yeah. I guess I'm trying to, I guess I'm going to marry her. That's situ- the way the movie ends. This is a way, this is a, this is a situation that totally, uh, uh, you know, I think qualifies for an annulment. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I don't think Kermit signed anything. There's no marriage certificate. This yeah. is all, uh, this is all unre- unrecognized type stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'll uh, I'll say that's for me. The movie was doing actually really fine for me. Like it wasn't like it wasn't great. It wasn't you know it wasn't just unwatchable. It takes a left turn when for no reason they just decide and then Kermit gets amnesia. Yeah, and then like it feels like they they threw that in there for no real reason, and then the movie just ends really abruptly. Mm-hmm. It's like they it's like it's like in editing they were like, okay, we have another uh, forty five minutes of the movie, right? No, we have fifteen more minutes. <laughs> We only shot 15 more minutes of footage. Oh. Just end it. <laughs> yeah, it ended poorly. It was just. It's really not a. Weird. It's not a great third act. No. no. Josh and I were watching it, um, and we had to stop. Like we wa- <laughs> we got 45 minutes in, and we're amazed that it was not more than that, and we had to turn it off. Um, I did like Jenny. I thought Jenny was the best character. Jenny was a good character. She was a friend. She was supportive. She was trying to get Kermit to continue to sell that uh, play. Uh, Very helpful whenever he didn't have a friend. All his friends just left for a stupid reason. Like a real stupid reason. Kermit got frustrated. They left left for a a somewhat understandable reason, I thought. No. Kermit. They feel like, and they're not wrong, they feel like. They put all this pressure on Kermit, and he's clearly stressing the heck out about it, which is what they've been doing Kermit's whole life. Agreed. And but so, like, they're like, just... you know what? 
it's not fair of us to put all of our hopes and dreams on Kermit and just expect him to figure it all out for us. I agree with that. Where I don't agree is that doesn't mean that you just up and leave. You all want to be a part of this play. How about you just pull your damn weight and stop trying to make Kermit do everything? Don't just leave him. That's and now true. he's deserted and depressed. And Jenny's just there trying to be a friend. And then Piggy comes in, who also left Kermit, and is like, oh, this woman is taking my Kermit. I think and she left. Just, no. Mom? <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny and Pete, really. Pete was very helpful. He was nice. I didn't like the whole thing where he was like, is people, is potatoes, is tomatoes. <laughs> That whole thing, I thought That's I like, was having a stroke like because a I was like, is this real? I don't understand. Uh, but I, I did enjoy those two. Um, I thought they were good additions. Yeah. I like the addition of Rizzo in this movie. This is his first actual role outside of the Muppet show. And this is the first time that Rizzo's the type of character we see here where he's kind of like a New York wise guy. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of really the first time we get to see the Rizzo we'd all come to know. And uh, I thought he was fine. It was kind of an interesting way to introduce him. Or I say interesting. It, it's interesting in retrospect because he's not like one of the Muppets. He's just like some Muppet they happen to meet. Um, and Rizzo was always one of my favorites as a kid, and we'll get more of him next week. I will say that Rizzo, like Rizzo's appearance is is comical. I don't know why. I just find, I just find all the rats, like, they're, they're funny to look at. At least I do. But like in this, I'm like, I'm, I, I don't know what the deal is. Well, Andrew, like, uh, Garrett, was, did you have a favorite part that Josh was talking about? The, yes, the, it, yes. it the actually has, it has to do with Rizzo to an extent. It's where uh, Kermit is trying to get a job and Rizzo brings in his whole family and is like, we need jobs too. And so like uh, Pete is like, let's see, I wrote it down. He's like, uh, a frog wants a job, rats wants a job. Who's next, penguins? And then the penguins jump in and they go, hey, can we have a job? And they all say no. And then the penguin, he gets this like, this kind of like stunned, shocked attitude. And he just goes, well, excuse us for living. And then just leaves. And I thought that was really funny. The way that he looked when he said it and the way that he said it, uh, that was kind of the -the over-the-topness that I was looking for throughout this whole thing. And that was the most over-the-top that I felt like they got. Was yeah, that just was, that one line from one who I thought was the standout character of this whole movie. Yeah, that was one of the more Muppety Muppet moments mm-hmm. of this movie. Was just like saying, you know, saying something off the wall and then it actually happens. That's the closest you really get in a lot of these scenarios. I do like uh, at the end, we get uh, some Sesame Street cameos. We get Bert mm-hmm. and Ernie and uh, a Cookie Monster and a bunch of others are in the background. That was there fun. was also a brief uh, Big Bird cameo when they were as Muppet Babies, somebody had a little uh, Big Bird. Yeah, it's true. This was actually the film, this is actually the the, the debut of the Muppet Babies. Um, Their TV show would come out, the Muppet Babies cartoon would come out about two months after this movie. Um, So this was, and actually, if I remember, if I read this correctly, that was the point of introducing this this Muppet Baby sequence was to put it out there, the idea that there, you know, Muppets were once babies uh, and uh, kind of a backdoor pilot for the for the cartoon, if you will. Yeah, and they look great. It's kind of funny. I never, I don't remember ever seeing the Muppet Babies as like you know felt real characters. Um, but a lot of fun. And I used to love watching Muppet Babies as a kid. Same here. Yeah. Muppet Babies was the ish. 
I got yeah. in trouble uh, with Muppet Babies because, as you may or may not remember, Kermit Kermit's uh, uh, catchphrase of sorts on that show was he was a sheesh, you know, uh, whenever something bad would happen to him. And so I started saying sheesh like all the time. And my dad was like, you need to stop saying that. And I was like, why? He goes, you're very close to getting to <laughs> a, a, a very different word. And I don't want you even getting that close. And I was like, oh, sheesh. And he goes, that's funny also also i so again the amnesia storyline is is ridiculous and baffling baffling why they did that but what really got me is the doctor the whole interaction with the doctor that was, was so weird it was she was like putting his legs up by his head uh which was <laughs> yeah. weird and then she was like, I think you're, I don't even remember the name, but she made up, I think that this Don is Francisco. Yeah, and he was like, oh, I don't feel Italian. And she was like, well, that was a shot in the dark. And then she just goes, I think your case is hopeless. You may as well just go out and make a new life. That's not how doctors work. It <laughs> seemed like a bit that was written to be in front of an audience because if Kermit, if it was on the Muppet show and they had like yes. an audience that was watching, yes. and they were somebody was stretching him all over and they were doing all this, but like people would be laughing because it would be like a kind of a, a weird physical comedy bit. Because mm-hmm. it's a movie, you're just sitting there going, Yeah. And Kermit's I, I sitting agree. in this position that I was like, Man, if Kermit was like a human man, there'd be like some, some real showage situation going on here. Yeah. I, I do want to comment real quick about director Frank Oz. Okay. Because it's interesting that Frank Oz, his whole career, at least the beginnings of his career, was being a, a puppet master. We'll just say that. Because, you know, he had all these voices. He's Yoda. Mm-hmm. He's Yoda. And he went from that to directing films. And he's done several movies. I mean, he's done several... Uh, I'm trying to think what he's... Let me pull up his list. Because I just, I just read it. Like, he's done What About Bob? He's done. Uh, he did. Don't think about me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did one of, films of like that. Uh, well, well, not one of my favorite movies, but a more comical movie called Death at a Funeral. Mm-hmm. And, but he's done a slug of other things that just. Little Shop of Horrors. Say what? Little Shop of Horrors. Did he, he did do Little that? Shop of Horrors. That's yeah. Uh, let me bring it up here because, like, like he he's sim he's somewhat famous. I mean he's somewhat known, but like his, I feel like he's not a very good director, and just oh. better at being a bit better at being a puppeteer. Yeah, he I don't did. Know. He's he's kind of an all round guy, and it's possible that directing isn't his strongest suit. You know, uh, he's appeared as a live action actor in a few movies too. Most recently, he appeared in Knives Out as the uh, the lawyer reading that they read the will. Um, but I don't know. I I haven't watched the full breadth of his stuff to really kind of comment on how he is as a director. He directed Indian in the Cupboard. Yeah, that's, that's a what I'm It's a great movie. I remember that movie. And that's about it. That's that's about all I can comment on. I'm just like it, it's. I just find it interesting that he went from mm-hmm. that he went from like a, a, a puppeteer to a maybe a B-list director. He did The Dark Crystal. That movie's amazing. I've never seen it. Oh. Yeah. Dark Crystal with Jim Henson. It should be noted that, <laughs> Dark, <laughs> that uh, this movie came 
fairly shortly on the heels of the Dark Crystal and the Great Muppet Caper, which uh, Jim Henson and uh, Frank Oz, it was Jim Henson directed the Great Muppet Caper, then they directed Great Dark Crystal together, and then Frank Oz directed this. The Muppets were really, or I should say, Jim Henson Studios was really cranking out stuff during this time period. And I feel like the Muppets Take Manhattan in areas really uh, gets the worst end of it. Um, although this did perform better than uh, Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal is pretty like culty, cold mm-hmm. film, I reckon. It was a very strange film at the time. Yeah. No. Better than Muppets Take Manhattan. <laughs> Josh, uh, anything else from you? Um, I don't really think so. I, I mean, I mostly just kind of feel like this movie didn't quite live up to what it could have been. Because um, I do still think there is a story there that maybe just kind of got lost. Um, it's a little like, it felt a little more childish, I think, than the original is the first G? Muppets movie. Yes, of course. And they are children's films, but, you know, the Muppets had something for everyone. And I don't know if the Muppets take Manhattan have is enough for everyone. And that may be ultimately what, what gives me pause. Because, yeah, I also agree that I wish it had some of that fourth wall breaking moments that the other movies uh, have. Because, you know, that's, that's Muppets at their best as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, later in the Muppets career, they do the, 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 the 2011 Muppets movie that we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, that's heavy on that stuff and it's great. And then the Muppets, uh, ABC sitcom is heavy on the, the meta stuff. It's great. I love meta Muppets. There's no yeah, meta the Muppets, Muppets in here. Funny thing about the Muppets on ABC. That was too, that was very much like the Muppets were the character, like the Muppets were the characters and they yes. played, they played themselves as actors. Like this was a situation where like you could argue that like the Muppets are just playing themselves in a movie here but they're not breaking the fourth wall. They're just playing, right. they're just playing, a mo- they're just doing a regular movie. Whereas The Great Muppet Caper does this, uh, Muppets Most Wanted does this, uh, where they're like, the whole intro to the movie is like, we're making a movie, and then they're like, now we're going to be characters. And they like throw these character things on, and they, they'll reference movie tropes and stuff like that. This doesn't have really any of that. And that's, no. So it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it fits. But I guess it was worth a try. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, you know, I hope that this is the worst Muppets movie we watch for this show. Um, Not just for personal reasons, but because I want the Muppets to do well. Um, Because I like them. But you know, even the even the best actors do do some bad movies every now and then, or sure. some maybe maybe less good movies. And sure. so this is just a this is just a lot a, a piece in the timeline of the Muppets where maybe they just didn't have a great movie. Maybe it's on the bad to okay scale. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. You know, you, you gotta give them a pass. Hey, you know, this isn't rocket science. You know, making movies first off. And then, you know, uh, this is like a whole unique genre within itself. There are not a lot of movies premised around the idea of puppeteering. But then, you know, I um, did some uh, some looking around, and it appears that a lot of people do actually love this movie um, yeah. for, you know, reasons I'll never understand, but they exist. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, it's fairly well highly. It's very, it's it's highly rated for the most. Uh, Roger Ebert gave it uh, quite a good review. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's he's was very well respected, especially at the time. And um, where did it go? I lost it. Yeah, he gave Roger Ebert gave it three out of four stars. So. I think that was kind of the consensus of the time was like it was pretty good, but it wasn't like as good. You know, I did learn a fun thing. I did learn a fun thing while I was cruising the Wikipedia page that there was actually almost a a follow-up show to this Mm. movie recently that would have been on Disney Plus, um, helped uh, created by Josh Gad. Um, It was going to be called Muppets Live Another Day, and it was going to take place after the events of Muppets Take Manhattan, and it. it was ba- yeah, it was basically going to focus on they've kind of disbanded after this film, but then Ralph disappears, Garrett's favorite Muppet, and they're all going to band back together, I guess, to find Ralph. Ralph, but the uh, there was some there was some change in leadership, um, and they ended up canceling the project. Yeah, which is a bummer because it sounds like it could have been good. Yeah, now we have Muppets Now. Yeah, they, Yes, and Muppets yeah. Now, to comment on very shortly, because just in reference to this, is not what I quite want it to be, but I think Muppets of Another Day might have been what I want from them. I just yeah. wish they'd bring back the ABC show. So I would, tra- I would trade Muppets Now Plus. for Muppets of Another Day. <laughs> I assume Muppets Tonight and Muppets, uh, and the Muppet, original Muppet show, probably have some kind of like music licensing problems. Probably. Um, and Come on, though. Like Disney can't pay might. for it. Yeah, they'll. they'll yeah. I assume they'll find a way one day, and it'll be a big thing. Muppets, you know, yeah. Muppet, the Muppet Show, Muppets Tonight, yeah. coming. Muppets is, Tonight is great. Is is Disney hurting for money? Well, actually, right now, yes. <laughs> Much oh. like a lot of people. Yeah. Um, like Disney, what did they lose like a billion dollars in theme park sales alone? Yeah, I mean, the the, the compared to other theme park businesses, I me, me and my wife talk about this quite often. Is that Disney at least has a ton of other revenues. Like it's un true. It's it, it's even smaller. Like the the amount we actually know about in terms of what Disney has ownership of or rights to or some kind of connection to, is 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 smaller than we even realize. Sure. So like Disney yeah. has a lot of other revenue sources coming in. So like for the most part, they can stay afloat. Uh, even this even Disney Plus, like it costs them barely anything to run Disney Plus other than paying for rights, and then like you know everybody's just throwing they got over like 60 million subscribers now so right. hopefully one day it they're generates, not, and they're not even a year old yet no and so hopefully it, it generates getting uh muppets yeah. tonight and muppets and the muppet show on there and but, uh, uh, but we'll see i also feel like just my personal opinion there's got to be a reason a reason for this i think if disney wasn't really kind of desperate to get some money turning again there's no way they would have they would they would put Mulan on streaming for premiere or early access. Okay. They would have held on to it if they did if they didn't have a meeting that was like, we got to get some money going. Yeah, I mean we got they got to get something for it. And like, we'll talk. Well, we can talk about that on another show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, they need money. They don't need money. They need money in their mind. In my mind, they have plenty. They're hurting for money. As for this show. Uh, we actually uh, did. You guys watch this on Prime Video? Yeah. Yes. So uh, I might actually have an answer to that as well because, as you know, most of the Muppet movies are on Disney Plus. 
with the exception of this movie and Muppets from Space. And the, I think, I, from what I can tell here, the reasoning for that is that unlike a lot of the other Muppet uh, productions, uh, this movie was uh, released through TriStar Pictures and not produced mm-hmm. by uh, the company that produced all the other films. And TriStar still actually owns or co-owns the home video rights. Um, so they, they co-own it with the Jim Henson company, but unfortunately that still won't allow them to put it anywhere else. So they're the ones that release all the DVDs for this or any new versions of this that come out. Uh, and so Disney, I think, has all the rights from the ITC productions. Um, so unfortunately this one and Muppets from Space, which is the, uh, the, the, last, Mu- the last Muppet movie, really, uh, under uh, the pre, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, the new way that they do the Muppets now. Uh, but it was the last one for a long time. Uh, is uh, they're only available on Prime. Okay. Or if you have the, or if you have the disc, if you go out and physically buy the movie somewhere. All right. Well, do we want to? Do we want to move on? Wow, the, talk about uh, box office stuff. Yeah, I just stumbled upon. Are we going to cover Muppets from Space? We are not. Okay, good. Then let me just tell you the the cameo list for Muppets from Space. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. Uh, so Muppets from Space is 1999, so that has to set the scene, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got um, David Arquette, <laughs> Kathy Griffin, Mr. Hollywood Hulk Hogan. Oh! oh. Who is credited as Hollywood Hogan. <laughs> they probably had him as that character. Yeah. Ray Liotta. Ray Liotta, oh, that's good. And Josh Jackson and Katie Holmes from Dawson's Creek. Oh, timely. What a wow, flash very. I don't that, want whole, that whole cameo list is very 1999. Yeah. Uh, David Arquette. Oh yeah. And I might, I might watch Muppets from Space just to, just to see that, because I honestly don't That's think my I've plan. I don't I think I've ever watch, seen that one. It's also on Prime Video, and so I was going to watch it uh, after we watched uh, next week's uh, production, okay. uh, just to kind of get that middle movie in. Yeah, uh, to kind of see because it gives it does give you a full sense of like how the sh- how the movies evolved over time. Um, all right, well, uh, if you got if we got nothing else, uh, we can just move on to the box office and uh, and our game to end the show. Sure, let's do it. All right, well, uh, uh, one quick thing too, I do want to mention there was actually the uh, Muppets Take Manhattan was adapted into a Marvel comic book in 1984. Uh, it wow. was a three issue book and came out in November of 84 that's kind of interesting okay so anyway the muppets movie came uh debuted the weekend of july 13th in 1984 not a stellar opening it opened number five uh with 4.4 million dollars uh number one that weekend was ghostbusters in its sixth week uh bringing in 9.7 at number two you had gremlins uh, bring in 6.1 in its sixth week. So two movies that have been basically killing it for a month and a half. This came out in what month? I'm sorry. July. Okay. So uh, Gremlins uh, noted for being one of the movies that uh, sparked the PG-13 rating. Uh, the Last Starfighter came in at number three in its opening weekend, brought in $6 million. And at number four, the original, The Karate Kid, bringing in 4.7 in its fourth week. Uh just underneath Muppets Take Manhattan uh, in that number five spot was Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom uh, in its eighth week. 
So uh, a very low finish for the Muppets overall that weekend. The Muppets would go on to uh, make $25 million in the United States over its, this is somewhat disputed between two different sources I use, it's either 22 or 24 week run. I don't know why that's uh, inconsistent there, but uh, 25 million. Uh, interestingly enough, at just $25 million, uh, that, is still, uh, that was still the second highest grossing Muppet movie of the time. So uh, not as bad as it could have been. Um, let's move on here to the overall for the year 1984, which we've been to a time or two. Uh, the number one movie in the United States Make sure I have this right here. Yep, this is right. So the highest grossing movie for 1984 in the United States was Beverly Hills Cop, bringing in $234 million. And number two... Monster. Huh? That movie was a monster in terms of... Yeah, Yeah, it... uh, Am I reading? No, never mind. Um, At number two, the aforementioned Ghostbusters with $229 million. At number three, Temple of Doom, $179 million. At number four, Gremlins with 170, 148. And at number five, The Karate Kid. So uh, unfortunately for Muppets Take of Manhattan, it was going up against four of the five biggest movies of that year in the weekend that it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, let's look here. Where did the Muppets finish? The Muppets finished in the 39 spot. Uh, just above the Nightmare, just before, just above a Nightmare on Elm Street. So that should give you some kind of interesting context. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, number 40 that year, just above the Muppets Take Manhattan. Is a movie called The Cotton Club? Yeah, that's... that's Andrew a, would know The Cotton Club. Good I Lord. Say, I was going to joke that Andrew would know this, but I thought, no, nah, every time I ever make that joke, he, knows, he doesn't know it. it it's, a, it's a Francis Ford Coppola movie that oh. failed very badly. <laughs> well, there you go. And then uh, worldwide numbers for 1984... Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom actually jumps up to that number one spot, but the rest of the five is the same. Yeah, Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Karate Kid, some other big movies in 1984. Uh, Police Academy, The Terminator, Star Trek Three: The Search for Spot came out that year. Uh, Purple Rain, Amadeus. Uh, I'm not going to mention that movie because I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, no, no. Know what it is. Can you spell no, it? I don't care. Uh, it's, it's Revenge of the Nerds. Oh. Uh, Red Dawn. I'm surprised That's you even it. have an opinion on Revenge of the Nerds. It's, I, I don't, well, we'll get into it if we ever do Revenge of the Nerds and whatever the sequel to Revenge of the Nerds was called. It's not, it's, I don't Revenge like Revenge of the Nerds 2. Like it makes Nerds. me wildly uncomfortable, the movie Revenge of the Nerds. I've heard it does not stand up well. That was me. It does not hold up in any sense. It's very bad. It's very bad. <laughs> I believe it. Um, so I think that's it. I think, is that all the stats I read off? Andrew, what was the, uh, what was the Oscar winner for 1984? <laughs> Amadeus. There you go. So, uh, that's it. Um, Let me guess. Andrew, you've never seen it. No, I love Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Andrew, I think you won the game last week. So you're running the letterbox game. Did. Did. Let's do it. All right. Muppets take Manhattan. What is it? Let's see. What is everybody's score? Well, I I'm gonna say two point nine. Josh, two point nine. Yeah. Garrett or David? I'm gonna guess three point two. Oh, 
So Joshua, uh, 2.9, David, 3.2. Man, I don't want to be sandwiched between you two. I was going to say 3.1. You don't have to be. You could be higher or lower. Yeah, you get 4.0. I don't think it'll be that high. I don't, I think that because it's the Muppets, people will give it uh, more leeway than I am willing to do whenever we get to my rating. Um, but I'll, okay, fine. I'll, uh, I'll jump into 3.5 if, three, if, five. David, if David was going to go, because I was going to do 3.1 and I don't want to be sandwiched. So I'll just do 3.5. Cool. Okay. So Josh 2.9, David 3.2. Garrett, 3.5. Okay. The letterboxed score, user rating score for the Muppets Take Manhattan. The winner this week is Garrett with 3.4. Wow. What? 3.4. Wow. Okay. Even oh, wow. I thought I was going to be way off. I figured it'd be closer to three. Okay. I really thought it was going to be somewhere between 3.0 and 3.5. That was yeah. what I was pretty sure on. I just shot for the middle. Wow. Okay. Well, cool. Another big win for Garrett. Uh, I give it a two, and that's because it's the Muppets. That was that was me. That was the Muppet bump for me. Was giving it a two, which is disappointing on my scale. I give it a two as well. I don't think I'll ever watch this movie again. It's a two for me as well. Yeah, it's a it's a three for me. It's uh it's you know it's good, but it's not great. This movie would be fine if you showed it to, like if you showed it to a kid, they would love it. That's what it's that's kind of who it's for. It's for you know a kid between one and ten. That's and it'll be perfectly fine for them. I have been told that I have a mentality of a ten year old. Does that count? You have something of a ten year old. <laughs> we're uh, we're looking at a at a dead middle two point two five. Yeah. Eh, better than nothing, I guess. Uh, Might as well go up to it. Can we rate it? Two? We can't rate it 2.2. It's just 2 or 2.5. No, right? I have to do 2 or 2.5, yep. Let's just throw it up to a 2.5. Okay, you convinced me. <laughs> I'll let you guys win on Iron Man 2, I think. There you go. Okay. Um, so what are we going to do next week? Oh, so next week... Uh, you should definitely join us because we're going to be doing what I think is probably one of Garrett's favorites, and that's Muppet Treasure Island. Tim Curry, it, baby. It is. We're going to the 90s. We're not going all the way to the end of the 90s with the Muppets from space. Uh, unfortunately, this means that we're not going to get to see my favorite Muppet character ever uh, when we do these movies, but we are going to get to see what I think is one of the movies I had the most fun with watching in the 90s. Great. Muppet Treasure Island. A movie that Andrew's never seen. Good. Hey, point it out every time I, I watched it. it. I watched it again last year, and uh, I had a lot of fun with it. And I forgot most of what actually happens in the movie. It was yeah, crazy. it's been. I think the last time that I watched it, I don't remember how old I was, but I feel like it was around the Fourth of July, and it was just on TV at uh, my grandpa's little lake trailer, uh, where we go for the Fourth of July, and it was on. And I was like, "Oh my gosh!" And I don't know how many years ago that was. So I'm excited to revisit this one. All right. Excellent. Excellent. Well, then we will be back next time with Muppets Treasure Island or Muppet Treasure Island. It's not plural. Yeah, that's right. Muppet Treasure Island. Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, find us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search so many sequels. Uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you haven't done that yet, uh, please subscribe. Uh, 
And check out our podcast feed as well so you can listen to this exact same show in the car on your way to wherever you're going. Um, we're on all the apps. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. Sounds Tooth. Sounds Tooth. Sounds Tooth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sounds Tooth. I didn't want yeah, to be yeah, left yeah. out. So, yeah, and you know what? Hey, go to our Facebook page or go to our Instagram. Let us know what you want to see on the show. That's what you want to see in terms of movies, but what you'd like to see us do. We're trying to do new stuff all the time. Let us know what you want to see more, more of. Yep, that would be great. All right, well, we'll be back next time with Muppet Treasure Island. Until then.